thought that was good. The uh, appreciation we showed for the audience. Heartfelt. Company Love man on. in the hat. What What's a guy. Up? What's up? What's up, Corey? You're muted. Mike, Mike. is muted himself. Matt is. <clears throat> so, um, no, we're good. Okay. I think all. I think we're all going to jump off. I will jump back on to Matt. Do you want me to cut the show? Sure, because I have a bunch of shit I need to get done that I told my <laughs> wife was already done. So <laughs> that'd be great. <laughs> nice. Actually, dude. my wife. Loves I'll cut the that. show. I got to teach Mike how to cut the show. And well, hey, really quick. Not that I really care if this is going live. Uh, so should I move back? I have that interview dropping tomorrow, but I forgot Noah's podcast drops tomorrow too. Should I put that out on Friday then? I've, I've got I've just recorded a podcast too with all these new people in that league. I don't I don't I don't know. I just I don't like I just don't want three show four shows dropping on Thursday. Oh, I guess official doesn't go on the podcast, but we're gonna have this after show and then Noah Hills on Thursday, right? I well, actually if don't you know ask, if. I actually don't know if Noah sent me a new episode this week. I actually have to DM yeah. him. Thank you for reminding if you, me. If you ask Colin, there's probably not enough content coming out on a daily basis. That's what basis. I heard. <laughs> <laughs> That's what some people have told him. So. Yeah. That's fine. I'll just leave yeah, it Yeah, release then. it, Matt, because it's not that know. long. The interview's not that long. And I will upload this uh, First Timers League podcast for Friday morning. So... Too All much right. stuff. What a problem to have. <laughs> yeah. I'm ready to turn it over to Mike. Mike, you got it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. break it. Be nice. Don't okay. don't, don't break it. <laughs> we're, we're don't hit any mailboxes. We're dialing it down from last week. I bet Mike no... feels better on Thursday morning this week than he did last week. <laughs> yeah, that was terrible. But my wife's still mad. I that was I like look over and the bottle's empty. And I'm like, oh no. And I come back to it like 3 a.m. on the bathroom floor, and I'm still there for like another two more hours. It was terrible. It was terrible. I'm not. I'm past that age. I can't do that anymore. Well, I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to watch, but we'll let you drive, Mike. All right, uh, Corey. Let's let's start it off with with Phil Jerkovich, right? So you said I was too low. I uh, I'm looking at my rankings. I I know I updated them before you sent the last message, so I'm gonna tell you I have him at 40 right now. Holy shit. And where do you have him? I have all I got it open right now. Let me take a look. I've got Jerkovic at 19. All right. And this is for like Debbie rankings, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. So he was eligible this year. I'm, I'm getting that right so far, right? Mm-hmm. So this year, right. So for me, again, I, I started my process off with trends. And as far as the trends go for quarterbacks, you really don't ever see more than five go in the first round. I, don't, I can't think of a single class that's gone over that. And so for me this year, or not this year, next year, it's going to be Bryce Young, CJ Stroud. I got Tyler Van Dyke here, and then I got Anthony Richardson. And then after that, I have, like, in, in my tiers, we don't do rankings by tiers here on the website, but I have, like, a mosh of, like, 15 dudes in the same tier. Mm-hmm. And now if I go in that sub-tier and I'm like, who has special arm talent? You know, the, the, the bingo word everybody uses. But I, I don't, I'm not qualified to uh, honestly give my like judgment on special arm talent. Once I go down to like that level, I'm like, well, I guess like Will Levis is in there. Cameron Ward's in that ranking. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's guys that I think are super accurate and smart, like Mac Jones. I don't really feel like you always need to be 
have that quote unquote special arm talent. Cause if you go to a system like Mac Jones has with the Patriots, he fits and he works. And that's just, you know, and that that's how he finds his relevance. So in that category, I then have like, I have Dylan Gabriel really high and then I have Will Rogers really high. And like, yeah, that's, that's probably really about it. So that's why I got jerk of his solo because I don't think he's better than these guys right here. And that's, that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think he has more tools than you're kind of giving him credit for. I mean, yeah. this is a guy who was like the number four dual threat quarterback in his class or whatever. You know, I, I think there's something there. High four star guy like Bama offers, Clemson offers, Penn State offers. Like this was a guy with a lot of pedigree and has that good size, like six five, two hundred and twenty five, two thirty, something like that. And like I don't know, it, the NFL is constantly trending towards tools now, right? And even with me, with him, my running comp has kind of been uh Carson Wentz who I know that's gonna say be bad for some people be good for some people I know this is a guy who was a first round take that uh, first round pick that people bought because of his tools right and I see like the good and the bad a little bit of the of sloppy feet and stuff like that but I also see the off-platform throws that he can make that the NFL loves now playing out of structure which is something he actually excelled in sometimes more than even playing in structure and uh, still this is a guy who's really only started one year with Boston College, which was a run-heavy team when he came into it as well. Uh, Halfley was starting to change the philosophy there a little bit. But, I mean, he he was in, like, one-possession games with, like, the ranked teams he faced that year. I can't remember which ones they were. Clemson was one of them. Uh, somebody else was one of them. Um, he really, to me, uh, played better in second halves and stuff like that, too. Like, really settled into games. And, like, I was excited to see him coming into this year, too. And then started off with, like, 330 yards and three touchdowns his first game. And then ended up like breaking his hand the next game. And now like the stigma is completely down on him because he came back later in the year. Um, clearly wasn't hundred percent. He was never expected to even come back. It was clearly less than hundred percent, even admitted to it now this year um, ended up running a lot more, but he just didn't look good. And now people are like way down on him because of the way that, that the end of that year at uh, the way that year ended. Uh, I mean, now he's coming back. He's got Zay flowers coming back. Uh, he's coming in fully healthy. Like, I, I think he's got a good chance of climbing. Like you said, there's not really a lot of guys after those first, like, four guys. And even Van Dyke, I could say that if Jerkovec put it all together, he's probably got more tools than a guy like Van Dyke. Yeah, I also do look at size, too. I comment about size everything. I love Jerkovic's actual size. I mean, he's mm-hmm. six foot five, two 225, I believe, in that range. And that's just, I mean, that's that's big. I mean, that's and that's huge. And he doesn't he doesn't move like a statue either, like some of the other six foot five guys out there. Yeah. So, I, I like that, um, and I'm not worried that he transferred from Notre Dame like early on because I know people want to bring up the transfers once the draft rolls around. Um, but another concern of mine is his like completion percentage and just his uh, his a dot too. And it, it is like you said, encouraging that Zay Flowers is coming back. Like that's his number one guy, so there really shouldn't be like a step back at all. Um, but I I just I don't know. I it's not like his numbers pop off the page either. It's fine that he's toolsy, but I need a production profile too. Yeah, it's my- a it's a little bit of a projection. I mean, it's a guy that I'm kind of you know whatever hitching my wagon to a little bit. Yeah. Um. I, I just kind of hope that I can see him grow. You know, I, and even when we saw him in that first game last year where he threw for the over 300 yards and stuff like that, I, I was excited. I was like, oh man, it's my 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 call is gonna hit. You know, and then all this happens. So it still remains to be seen how he comes back. I might have him ranked a little bit too aggressively, to be honest. I'll take a look at it and see what I'm gonna do. But but yeah, I'm just hoping that he can match that the ranking I'm giving him. Okay. Yeah. So I, I do have 10 guys from the 25 class in front of him. And obviously those guys will drop off within two years. Once we get a more clarification on, on who's the main guy in that class. And I am looking at my rankings right now and I'm telling you what I got, 
I got to lower uh, Jaden Delora right now because yeah, in front you of do. You do have to lower. I, I'm I'm not on him <laughs> that much for NFL. At least just size wise. At least like that that his size scares me. But yeah, th- I think I just bought into the like the Arizona hype. Like they're actually a relevant team for once. You know, like, yeah. Just like put them all up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I I, I kind of like right now. I have in front of my Spencer Rattler, who I can talk poorly about for about like 10 hours straight and then i got i got my my crush of the freshman class that's like ninko who i actually just watched last night i've been like binge watching the spring games the last like three days nice nice i still have to catch up on a bunch my kids actually been sick a little bit but uh it's been yeah. slowing down the process a little bit but yeah i still got to catch up on a few of them yet yeah i do my wife just got covid so i'm not but i feel good so, so you got a lot of free time <laughs> is what you're saying yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i only work at 10 i like wipe down my office so my boss <laughs> so but yeah i mean i got Malik cunningham in here too and it's not that i believe in Malik cunningham i have him in front of him at 32 it's just that um the the hype train for dual threat quarterbacks is just out of control yeah and, it is and i so i'm not there for malik willis but right now i'm projecting i'm projecting Malik cunningham to be like next year's malik willis where like you know he makes a couple of throws here and there and all of a sudden he's a guy yeah, I mean, if he really takes a step forward with the passing, then he could. And yeah. he's probably, like, the closest guy to maybe having Lamar speed, really. Like, he's, he's pretty damn fast. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. But he has he has the tools. I'm still pretty disappointed in him as a passer. And it's a lot of right. run-first right. tendencies. Whenever he doesn't see something, he just takes off and runs. But, yeah, I got to see him clean up some of that stuff. But, yeah, I, I could see that. We'll see tomorrow night. But I don't, it's like almost like I feel like people don't care about the arm anymore. Like, oh, he can run the ball. I just think everyone's <laughs> chasing the unicorn. You know, Lamar Jackson's definitely changed the game for quarterbacks in the NFL level. And then there's there's guys like Josh Allen who had like such a – didn't have a great profile in my opinion. But then he had a horrible rookie season on top of that. Yeah. And then he turns it around to become like an all-star talent. And now everyone's like, well, we got to hold on to Daniel Jones. We got to hold on to Drew Locke. Yeah, that's that's the first excuse you hear now is like, well, took Josh Allen three years, so maybe he just needs another couple years. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like one person does it, all of a sudden everybody has a chance. And Mm -hmm. I I know I shouldn't be counting people out ahead of time, but but yeah, that's that's where I'm at for Jerkovich. So, uh, I mean, but if he like goes off like first like three games, and we'll get some clarity in the class right away, like he'll definitely be moving up my rankings. You know? Yeah. I this is like. I, the guys here at CSC know how new I am to the landscape. And so I know for me, when it came to dynasty, it was like my, my late tears, not my tears, but like my milestones were like the first four weeks of the NFL. Then we understand who's, who's the guy on what team, you know, we understand yeah. the game plan. And I don't know if it's the same for college, but that that's the mindset I'm taking. Like after like that four weeks, I'm going to do a huge reevaluation of like everything I've got. Yeah, that was kind of like Joe Burrow's year where it was like, I, even after the first like three or four weeks, I didn't really believe it yet. I was still telling people, no, I'm not in on Joe Burrow. And then like once he passed that fifth week, I was like, OK, maybe there's something here. Like, I don't know what's happening, but something's here. <laughs> yeah. So uh, just for everyone listening, I have Jerkovich at, well, I'm at Ford. I guess I moved him down because I moved all the freshmen up. That's what happened. And then you have him at 19 still. Is that correct? 19. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I can move him up a few spots, but like I don't think I'm going past 35 at the moment. <laughs> uh, well, you, you, I think you probably have some freshmen ranked pretty aggressively, and I'm actually pretty yeah. reserved with it until I kind of see the freshmen a little bit or some of the higher ranked ones, like the five star guys. I'll keep up there because that's like insulated value a lot of the time. But like for some of these other guys, four stars and down, I'm uh, I'm like skeptical on them a lot of the time. I'm super aggressive as far as the freshman goes on Nico and Brady Allen. I just I think those guys are going to be nuclear. I, I mostly Nico because I love the offensive coordinator there. I just believe in him that much. Yeah, yeah. And then I actually watched the spring game just for everyone listening. I think Nico had some 
terrible mistakes like the first like two drives. But then once he got comfortable, I was like, yo, he could he looks good. He doesn't look like a, a he doesn't look like a freshman. He doesn't look like a starter, but like he doesn't he's not making terrible mistakes like nonstop. It was like he got comfortable and he looked he looked pretty good. Yeah. But and then yeah, Brady Allen. But uh yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Oh, and then I have Taven Jackson. I are we I'm actually asking Austin now too, because I know Austin talks about the the are we out on him now? Are we out on Taven Jackson? Because I still like him, and I'm not really a believer in the five star afterwards. And and just I have not dug into 2023 yet. That is definitely the plan here. To like when all the rookie drafts are wrapped up, that is my absolute plan is to dig into 2023. Um, so I think I'm on record now as saying that Taven has no chance to ever play at Tennessee. Um, which it's a, they're paying. So for anybody that doesn't know, Taven Jackson is um true freshman incoming quarterback at Tennessee. They have a five-star coming in next year, Nico Iamaliva, who reportedly was just paid $8 million by one of the collectives, NIL collectives at Tennessee to bring him in there. There's zero chance that they just paid him $8 million not to play. The only scenario Taven Jackson plays there is if Hendon Hooker gets injured, he comes in, looks amazing, and then they can't possibly bench him. That's like the only scenario. So I have dropped Taven a little bit. I still think he's very talented, but it's a matter of if he's not going to play there, where is he going to go? Who's he going to play for? What's the system going to look like? What's he got around him? So I'm still feel okay saying that I could see Taven being the better college quarterback, but I'm no longer really on him for Debbie. Okay. Well, I think you're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I I like him a lot. I just, it's, if he goes to, I don't know. What if he goes to Coastal Carolina? Like, Grayson McCall's been amazing there. He's probably uh, done about as much as you could do at Coastal Carolina. And people really don't view him as a legitimate first-round Yeah, it's still hard to rank him. Like, for it's so, so, like, you know, and that's just an example. That would be, like, a great landing spot for him. Like, But in reality, for Debbie purposes, that's, like, a death sentence for him. So, like, it's just – it. I got to have more information here. It, it, it's so difficult. It's, it, it, he might be the riskiest guy in Debbie drafts right now. Really, really. Yeah. So I also have, okay. I'm actually now, I, I watched LSU spring game last night. Cause I was hoping to get clarity on the uh, LSU wide receiver core there. There's no clarity. And, no. and Walker Howard didn't look great. So he's like way too high on my rankings. Cause I don't know. I'm just I'm stuck on LSU being a powerhouse and they're probably just not anymore. They might they might win four games this year. Yeah, yeah. So I have Howard like pretty high in my rankings too, but like just because he somehow ended up as a five star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm gonna let that ride out and see how it goes, but not not high, but at least I have him ranked. Where some of the other guys, like the four star guys and down, I don't even have ranked yet. So, oh man, I'm just like I'm looking at right now. It's like one. I got to drop Grayson McCall. He's at 19. I got Walker Howard at 21. He's got to go down. I got Gunnar Stockton at 22. I don't. Georgia does such a great job at like scouting their quarterbacks, and then the ones that leave, I feel really good about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. So hopefully that's what Gunnar Stockton does, and also Taven Jackson can come to Kentucky after Will Levis leaves. That's all I'm saying. The spot will be open. We do not scout good quarterbacks. But um, yeah, okay. So I'm ready to move on though. And now I am going to be way more passionate about this one here. We're going to talk about Dontavian Wicks, which I feel like I'm the only one in the world who is <laughs> in on. The dude's six foot one, two hundred five. I think he's one of the better deep threats, if not the best deep threat. Uh, I, I don't want to say the best, but 
he's one of the better defense because it's going to come out to the draft next year. He's got a 51.4% completion rate on targets 20-plus yards down the field. And I don't really see anyone coming close to that. And I I just – yeah, I just – he's going to be a deep threat. He's going to be a late declare, which sucks because he got hurt in the 2020 season. But COVID gave him, like, the opt-out. So I don't know how it goes down on the record books. But I, I remember him getting injured in the offseason. Like, I remember that. But I, I like Dontavion Wicks. And uh, I, I did, like, a top 15, like, preseason – uh, pre-NCAA for like my draft stuff that I do. And I think out of the 15 that I outlined, I think 10 of those 15 guys are like legitimate consensus, like going first two rounds. And I think I nailed it. And I think Wix is going to be in that list. And I think Wix is going to be one of the guys that goes top three rounds here next year. And that's why he's ranked so aggressively. Um, and not like, okay. So I, I had him at nine last time we talked. Yeah. I think I, I have him. Oh, I have him at nine still. And it's not really like nine is like an endorsement for him. And this is the same for Mims too, by the way. It's just that the 2024 class is so murky besides besides Worthy and Mario Williams. Like after those two guys, though, it's just wide open. So that's why they're ranked high because I feel like those both those guys are uh, are like guaranteed like day two draft capital guys, minimum. Yeah, and, like, I don't necessarily hate Wicks at all. Like, I think he's still a top 25 wide receiver for me, um, which is, I guess, a little deeper than you. But uh, it was just the number nine ranking that really stood out to me when you put him in as, like, a top 10 receiver. And, like, he does do a lot of good things, like like good size, nice junior season production. Uh, He's going to be productive again with Armstrong. Uh, Great hands. Uh, He has a good deep thread, tracks the ball really well. Um, I will say, like, the one thing that does worry me is, like, like, like how dynamic of a player is he? Because like they never used him in, on like screens, never just got the ball in his hands and let him see what he could do in the open field. Uh, it makes me wonder if he, if he has like the kind of quickness that like the NFL is kind of looking for nowadays. Um, like even like his forced missed tackles, he only forced, forced four last year. So it wasn't a guy that was making a lot of people miss. Even if you like look at a lot of his tape, it, it's like one cut and like bulldozes into a guy or tries to power through a guy or something when he does get those short passes. But like he is a guy that that plays deep and does does that job well and has a lot of tools that you could like. Like I, I'm not sure of his speed. Um, he looks pretty quick sometimes. Uh, I wanted to see maybe a little bit more burst off the line, but um, he does seem like he has it and he has like those tools that you can like. Strikes me as like a like a solid player. Um, but like, I don't know, it isn't necessarily the type of player that the NFL wants lately. Like they want those quick twitch. They want those guys with separation. Uh, and I don't know if he brings like the elite tool that, that, that the NFL is going to want. Yeah. I think, I think, you know, there, I think you're right there. He's not much of an athlete and you're right. He's not a yak guy and yak is definitely the way the league is going. Um, and he, he, his tape is littered with, intermediate to like long to deep throws yeah like the short routes are just not his thing he's not quick off the line and i don't really think he's a contested catch guy but i will say he definitely excels at the contested catch um but yeah i, I think I, I i can agree with you there and i can probably move him down too because i i think he's ranked a little bit too I, i'm coming around on some of the younger guys here but um <laughs> Yeah, I keep I, moving younger guys up my list too. Like, where's my rankings right now? God, yeah, dude. Well, I got him in front of. I thought I, I really thought I fixed this by the way, because I thought I was expecting to open up my page and see him at like 13, because I have him in front of Lorenzo Styles, who I'm huge on. 
Mm-hmm. And then he, I'm like, I'm in front of a Luther Burden right now. And I, I would absolutely 100% take Luther Burden before Wicks and every single draft, no matter what. Yeah. I got him before Emeka Abuka, which is also a mistake. So, Yeah, I've got right. Luther at nine now. He, I just keep moving him up, but I, may, I might be getting too aggressive with it, but we'll see. I don't know where he is. Where do you end up for you? Where did you say? I would have put him up. Uh, he would be nine. He would be nine because yeah, I thought I fixed nine, his yeah. rankings. I thought I fixed his rankings. Wicks is number nine for you? Hey, well, uh, as of this Yeah, conference. for Mike he is. That's why I pointed him out. <laughs> He's 13 after midnight. He's 13 after midnight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, just because like, there's, there's just nobody in the 24 class is really excelling. And I can't. It's just it's it's policy. I cannot endorse Mario Williams. I can't endorse five foot nine guys that weigh 180 pounds. I just can't. It's not me. It's not even that bad of a size nowadays. I don't know. I know. Oh, Marquise Brown is somehow making it work right now, and it doesn't even have like a, a top tier thrower either. So so it's yeah. like. But even smaller guys in general, like if like five ten and under, five eleven, like they're not that big of guys, and they're like they're making it work. I, I think he could be that type of player. They're top tier athletes, which Mario Williams is. I just, yeah. I don't know, dude. I, I, I like the guys that have the bigger build that I feel like can win in the short separation game and the contested catch game. But again, we, we just both agree that Wicks is not a short separation area type guy. Short bursty. Yeah. yeah. I I just like his solid hands. He just seems like a reliable target here. I just, I can't get over how efficient he looks on the deep ball. Yeah. He tracks the ball really well. Like it seems easy for him. It's like effortless. So, yeah. I mean, like, he, he does a really nice job there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to move him down. I'm telling you right now, you got me there. I'm going to move him down. Um, I do want to say this, though. I can't remember if I brought this up last week or not. I think I talked to Felix about it in a Cuban restaurant last week when we met up for lunch. <laughs> are, are we, like, just everyone here, are we worried about Alabama wide receivers, uh, like, just the future of Alabama wide receiver core? Because with the transfer portal – you know, they had James Williams come in and take over, and now we're going to have Jermaine Burton come in and take over. And now they're bringing in the speedster from Louisville, and I wish I could remember his name. Tyler but, Harrell. Tyler Harrell. Yeah, Tyler Harrell. And, like, clearly they're bringing him in because they got some package deals now. Are, are we seeing Alabama fail, not fail, but struggle to develop talent the way they used to now? Uh, I don't know. I think, it, like, even if you listen to Saban and some of those interviews and stuff like that, there's a couple clips that was circling around Twitter that he just, like, really wasn't happy that none of the freshmen, like, stepped up last year at all when they had a chance to. And I think that's a, that, maybe that's just a big part of it that no one really stepped up and he hasn't had that freshman come in, like a Waddle or something like that, that produces like he wants in the first year or sees what he wants in the first year. Like, maybe this class just ended up not being the, the one that, that we all expected it to be. Um, but... I'm still not where I think it, I think it's just a matter of finding which one it is. Cause there's no way all these guys are going to hit all being here. They might, somebody might transfer away. Somebody's going to transfer in forces somebody else to move. But I just think it's, it's about finding the right one. That's, that's probably it. And you just got, you got to take your chances. Yeah. So where do you have, where do you have, um, where do you have Earl and Ja'Cory Brooks? Uh, okay. So my philosophy on Harold coming in is I do think it hurts Brooks. Because right. obviously Harold's going to be in the slot. Um, Harold played like predominantly outside wide receiver when he was at Louisville, so I think he's going to be headed to the outside. Saban loves that game breaking speed. The, the reports about Burton have been really good. He's going to probably lock down the other side on the outside. So I think it does hurt Jacory. He's missed a bunch of time in the spring as well. So I've moved him down more. Um, still not far though. I have Jacory at fourteen and Jojo at twelve. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta. 
I got I had Malik Waver, Waver too high. So I got I have Earl at thirteen, and I got Jacory at twenty six. I just oh, think so that, you lowered me more than me. See, I you know I not to look at that again probably, but like oh. there is a there's just a bunch of guys we're hoping that like break out in that area. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's hard to to. It just seems to me like they keep bringing outside guys, not the inside. Yeah. So I'm just kind of like reading the tea leaves here, you know, but I guess we'll see. All right, let's let's move on to our next one. Uh, Marvin Mims, who we just mentioned a little bit there. Mm-hmm. I don't think, um, I don't know what to call it. I don't think Oklahoma is like the dumpster fire that everyone was making it out to be. One's Lincoln and right left, and you see everyone like transferring out and decommitting. I like Jeff Levy. I like what he did with Ole Miss. Him taking over, I don't think was like, I don't think it was, t- I, I don't think that was a huge step down. And so, and I, I'm a believer in D- Gabriel, D- Dylan Gabriel. I'm a believer in him. And Marvin Mims just be, like lost some competition on the roster. So I, I think Marvin Mims is still a, a top target. He's definitely going to get the opportunity to prove himself. And he's definitely going to get the opportunity to take the step forward. And so I'm, I'm not out on him. And I still think he's going to be a, a day two draft capital guy. Yeah, I could. I don't know. He might end up as a day two guy. He might end up in that range. But this is more about his price right now, which is sometimes top 10, top 12 wide receiver to what I think like his upside could be at the next level. Um, Like the one thing I actually looked into Marvin Mims a little bit ago. I don't think I wrote his profile for our Debbie guide that's coming out, but uh, I think I was looking at him anyways. And I was like looking at all his games and this dude like just did like this weird disappearing act in, in 2021 where it was like, he had three games over hundred yards and the rest of them all together, he was averaging 31 yards a game. So it was like he really blew up in those three games. And there were some of like the worst pass defenses too, like uh, uh, TTU, Texas, Tulane. That's Those were his three big games last year and was like pretty much non-existent in the rest. And like his skill set to me is kind of weird for his size because he's, he's 5'11", 180 pounds. Um, yet this guy like leads the team in contested catches last year. He excels on making those like leaping grabs, like makes those spectacular grabs. And like, I'm going to give him props for that. He's a really good at high pointing the ball, all that, but I just don't see the, the quickness and, and separation that I want to see for a guy, his size. Um, I don't think he's going to be right away pigeonholed for an outside role on the outside where he can like excel being a contested catch guy or whatever. So I think he's like going to be in the slot. Uh, at the next level and he's gonna he's gonna be asked to run these these short routes these in and outs and stuff like that I don't know if I see that kind of quickness from him. um we'll see what happens this year I don't think it's as bad as people are making out to, to seem like you said I like Dylan Gabriel as a college quarterback I'm not in him as much on Debbie I'll wait and see a little bit uh, I want to see what he does uh, with this team before I you know move him up move him up too much more I don't even know where I have him it's pretty deep I think think he's somewhere in the 30s for me he's 39 for me oh dylan yeah so he yeah. he's pretty low for me in, in the devy aspect but i do think he's going to be a good cff quarterback and i i think he's i do think mims is going to be the top guy again as well so um he's going to have a chance to, to kind of prove me wrong i just want to see a little bit more yeah. from him i just want to see not so much of the of the high point contested catcher guys spectacular catches i want to see a little bit more from him yeah, I see him as like a like a discount Chris Olave. Like that's kind of you know without the quickness, but like the same the same play style, the same like usage. Yeah. So I got you. And it, again, for me, it's like so. Like who who do you have ranked behind him? Who do you have ranked in front? Of him? Like, oh, like me, two names in front. Quick. Uh, okay. So where do I have him? So like behind him for me, I have the two behind him. I have is you have him at ten, like, right? 
I have him at 14. And I have, oh, you did move him down a bit then since we last talked, at least. Oh, so we're actually okay. closer least, than okay. I thought, anyways. But... So I, I have Cowing behind him, and I have Mumfield behind him. And those are my, that's my 15 and 16. I have him at 19. And he's next to Isaiah Bond. Okay. And he's next to Adam Randall right now. That's where I kind of just put him right now, just because I don't really know what to do with Adam Randall right now. Uh, yeah. But he's also Troy Franklin is right there is uh, behind him as well. So right in that area for me. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm, uh, I don't know. I'm just not totally sold on, on him being more than what I see yet. So we'll see. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm kind of ranking him for, for like, I do really do believe in the draft capital, but again, for mm-hmm. the NFL upside though, I'm, I'm with you there. Cause I'm more focused on him getting to the league rather than afterwards. I guess I'm kind of maybe just getting a little too short sighted there and not looking looking past yeah. that that for that that important the most important step it's a hard thing guy. to balance especially when we play in all these different leagues like even i find myself being like oh, i'm super pumped with this guy I'm like yeah, but then what's his upside at the next level like i don't even know like he's too small he's too short he's too like i don't it's it's hard to balance but yeah that's why we have great teams here at campus to canton separating it all for you so you can just come and we'll we'll decipher it for you yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then talk it out <laughs> You just made me drop him a couple spots, Mike. Mims? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was picking up what you're putting down. Yeah, I moved him from 23 to 28. So five who, you, who do you give me like the two in front and the two behind? Two in front of him are Matthew Golden, DJ Allen. Okay. Oh, sorry. No, sorry. Matthew Golden, Evan Stewart. And then two behind him are Jaden Reed and Jalen McMillan. I don't even think. I think I got Jaden Reed in like. The 80s, the 90s. <laughs> I'm shocked you don't like Jaden Reed. You had like a freaking massive freshman year. Isn't he like a late declare now? And he's like, didn't do much since then? He's late declare, but I think he... he been... So he transferred before the, the, the you get the bonus year. So he had to sit. And then he had yeah. a COVID year. So last year was really his second year. And he was really good again. Over 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns after the enormous breakout freshman year at... Uh, Central Central Michigan, Eastern Michigan, nah, Michigan oh. State. No, he started his career somewhere else. He started in the. Oh, he was gosh. with he was with um um Jalen Hall, West Western Michigan, Western, Western Michigan. Michigan. Yeah, he was with those guys, and he broke out and he led the team in receiving as a true freshman. Okay, yeah, guys. okay. So he's going into his fourth year, though. Yeah. I I'm su- I'm surprised you don't like him just because like I thought you liked the the early breakout guys. I know the late declare stings a little bit, but I think I like he's the- kind of one of those COVID casualty guys. I like the early declare guys and I know, and I know COVID is messing this all up and I can't wait for the debate next year when it comes down to like, hmm. is, is Wix an early declare or not? So anyway, Mike, this is a good question. Uh, someone asked Debbie rankings based more off of projections. What do you, I mean, I think they have to be, what do you guys think? How do you, how do you measure a guy who hasn't done it yet versus a guy that has since that's kind of at the crux of what we're discussing here tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's definitely based off projections here. I I mean, draft capital is like the number one thing. That's what everyone references. Um, And and it's like the number one correlation for success in the NFL is draft capital. I mean, you want first round wide receivers and day two guys got their chance. And then like once it comes to like day three, it's like four names the last like 20 years have become successful. So yeah, for me, it's projection. And that's why like big schools matter too. And D5 schools matter. Mm Mm-hmm. And so it, 
yeah. I mean, so like you'll you'll see a bias. So like the Bama bump, there absolutely is a Bama bump in my rankings, mm-hmm. like hundred percent. So like stuff like that, yeah. Hey, what do you think, Corey? Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I think there's a lot of projection in, in Debbie rankings too. I think there is sometimes you some people like like to rank a little bit more. Like like me being a little bit uh, seldom with freshmen and stuff, like a little having them a little bit lower sometimes is because sometimes I like to see it first. But you have to do some kind of projection, especially if you want to get ahead of people and and get these guys before they like blow up and stuff like that. So I think it has to be a little bit of projection. Um, there there is some part of it that it's like I've seen it already, so of course I love to lock it in and feel good about it, feel confident about it. But it's all we do is projection with with Devi, man. We're projecting to the next league, really. Yeah, and it, yeah, and. I don't see how like Wicks doesn't break off near a thousand yard season with Brandon Armstrong, you know. And if you have like two thousand yard seasons going into the draft and you're a power five receiver, like I, I don't really see you getting faded too too hard, you know. Yeah, he'll get looks. He'll get looks for sure. Thousand yard receiving in like G five, like yeah, you can get faded absolutely for that, like hundred yeah. percent. Um, yeah, but let's let's move on to Dwayne McBride though. Uh, okay. So you have him. At, this one's easy, man. This one, this one, this one's a cake. Look, I'm be real with you. The only G five guys that I think have a future in the NFL, like an actual like future, is Alton McCaskill, who just got hurt. So now we got to wait and see on that one. And then it's, and then it's Lou Nichols and Dwayne McBride for me, which are right next to each other in my rankings. Which and I actually what? moved them down. I moved them down to twenty seven. Twenty seven. Yeah, yeah, twenty-seven. I, I have forty-one. I have him at. I don't know if I moved. I was playing around with it a little bit. Let me try to find a way. I have him at forty-nine. Wow. Okay, so here's <laughs> the thing. I th- I think Dwayne McBride can be an early down back in the NFL, like the the one-two down back, and get like that goal line production and stuff like that. I don't think he he really gives anybody the the receiving ability, the, but I, I believe he can lead the committee and be the guy in the committee. And that's that's why I have him there, which I do think as far as Debbie goes, like that's his ceiling. Like I don't see myself moving him up from where he's at. Because <laughs> everyone else, I think, in front of him are all guys with like three down skill sets for me. So yeah, as far I guess maybe he's the start of the early down back part of my rankings. Cause I got I got Lou Nichols next. I got Christian Rodriguez behind him. Yeah. Anyway, it, yeah, it, he's like the start of the committee tier for me, but like the committee tier that I believe actually gets involved. Yeah. I mean, this one just like pretty much comes down to the basics for me or it's he's a G5 player. Um, He hasn't even been dominating the G5 either. He hasn't been dominating his competition. He took like a, like a little bit even to get going last year. Like he didn't really turn it on until halfway through the season. He's had some good efficiency moments. Like I remember the COVID year, he was averaging like freaking 10 yards a carry or something ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he has that spot, that size speed thing that you want, but he's pretty much an absolute zero in the receiving game as well. And UAB does throw to their backs. It's not like they didn't. The other guy there, uh, uh, Brown, I can't remember his first name right now. Uh, but he I almost caught. Jordan. It starts with a J. I know it starts Yeah, with a J. I don't know. Uh, but he caught like 30 passes last year or something like that too. So it's not like they don't utilize him. I know he's a smaller guy too. I remember l- looking him up. And he's more obviously for that role. But I would, why don't you throw it to Dwayne a little bit more too? But so right now he feels like a complete zero. And he does feel like a two-down banger. But now we're talking about a two-down banger from the G5. And I, I'm just wondering what the NFL upside is here. Like, I'm just like, do I want that? Like, even a two-down banger, what do you want nowadays? It's like the essential guy is Nick Chubb. That's the guy who really starts f- for fantasy teams. That's the hey, upside Damian you Harris. want. Damian but, Harris. 
Amy Hersher, I guess. Yeah, but so, but I mean, that's two cases out of how many though. Like, I, that's what you're praying for to happen. Like, there's not receiving upside there. So, I don't know. It's it's a hard sell for me. I'm gonna have to see a lot more. I want to see him dominate his competition too. I mean, we're already talking about a lower level of competition. He should be yeah. going off for like 100 yards every freaking game, man. Well, he went off for 100 yards on one, two, three, four, five, six games last year. That's half his games. It took yeah, him like two games to pick and up. And it was speed. all the back half of the season. Like he didn't. He finally got his shot out the gate. And didn't right, do you, you're you're really his efficiency wasn't bad. His second game was against Georgia. He was the second leading rusher against Georgia all season, and only Damian Pierce beat him out. I mean, he Damian averaged. Pierce. Yeah, he averaged like what four point seven yards a carry against Georgia. Like you can't find that anywhere against Georgia. Like that's because they're probably getting killed, and you just like got it at the end of the game or something. I don't know. I can't remember. I don't. Want, I didn't watch that game yet. <laughs> that's true. I think I think he's got a little more wiggle too. Uh, he has seven. He has seventy eight missed tackles for us on two hundred carries. I, he has I thought, a size and a speed ratio that's like intriguing. Yeah. Like if the, if there was more to it, like there was there's a little bit more to the profile overall, like a little bit better pedigree. I might be in more, but for like right now, I'm kind of just like I'm favoring the guys with the pedigree first because it's a low okay. probability player, right? You have to kind of hint you're you're hitching your wagon to him, and that's cool. Like that's fine. I'm just like choosing the reserved route, I guess. Like I'm I not got trying you. to hitch my wagon to him yet, you know. I guarantee here next year, and well, maybe maybe two years from now, uh, you can go ahead and put this on a board somewhere that the the fancy Twitter community is going to call Dwayne McBride the next Elijah Mitchell and the next the next. uh whatever late round running back hits. Cause I, I feel like that's, what's going to happen. Cause I do think it's efficient. And he had 10, almost 10 yards of carry. Yeah. Yeah. He has year. efficient moments too. Yeah. He does. And then last year he had 6.7, 6.7. And like, besides Georgia, he plays BYU. Who I, th- I actually had no idea how their defense is, but they're, they're like a decent team and he still ripped off 183 yards for 6.5 yards of carry. Yeah. I mean, he I turned think- it on near the end. Like I remember like all of us were in, I think a lot of the campus can guys were in two on him for, for like C2C and CFF purposes. Like we were all in. And we, I remember being so disappointed, like out the gate, like we were talking yeah, about dropping yeah. him at like yeah. week five. We're like, can we drop him for somebody else? Like, so it was pretty disappointing, I guess. Dude. Maybe that's kind of sitting with me too, a little bit that I'm like that. Disapp- I was that disappointed with him. So yeah. Week one, 54 yards and two fumbles. I remember that. Yeah. I remember yeah. <laughs> it was terrible. It was but, not pretty. And then you had Georgia next, who doesn't make you look good either. And then he yeah. carries week four, he turned it back on, but. Yeah, he did struggle. I do remember that. But the reason why I have him up there is that I do think he gets – I'm not sure I'm going to say, like, day two draft cattle, but I do think he finds a lead role in the committee. You know, like the Patriots does do with Damian Harris, and he gets, like, some some relevant weeks based on if he can score the touchdown or not, which I think yeah. it happened, depending on the team. That's why he's there, which he's definitely ranked at his ceiling. I will definitely not move him up where he's at right now. Yeah, exactly. And like I said, I'm just being more reserved. Like I wouldn't be surprised if this guy's just a UDFA or like a is in camp and sits on a practice squad. Like, you know, just somebody who has that size speed that's intriguing that just yeah. never really like fully develops at the next level. So give me give me the two guys you got in front of him right now. I just want to know. Uh let's see. Um where is he? Where is he? Where is he? I lost him now. Hold on, hold on. I have George Pe- George Petaway and Ollie Gordon. Okay. So two freshmen. But yeah, again, I'm reserved. I'm pretty reserved on freshmen. I'm sure you guys have them maybe ranked a little more aggressively, but I think I have a total of like maybe 10 throughout the whole thing ranked. No, I, did, I think it's ironic. Good, I think it's ironic because twice now you named off two guys I have also together, but somewhere else. So I have yeah. Petaway and Gordon next to each other, but they're at 49 and 50. Oh, see, so you're you're actually more reserved than I am too. So. Yeah, or no, I, am I? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but in front of him – at my 28, I have Zach Charbonneau at 27, and then I have 
I lost my spot. And then I have Andrew Paul at 20. Sorry, Zach Sharma 26, Andrew Paul 25. Oh, see, those two were in front of him, actually, for me. Behind him, if we're going okay. behind him, I have uh, EJ Smith and Chris Tyree. <laughs> yeah, I got I got Lou Nichols and then Quinshawn Judkins, yeah. And I got Justin Williams in front of them, too. I, I love Justin Williams. I think yeah, he's like... Yeah, I love Justin Williams, too. So we just got to get Austin on board. Stop calling him... Uh, I Jordan think Howard. I'm giving him a compliment. <laughs> it Jordan is a compliment. Howard is, a great, is a great is. stealing for any running back. I think I'm going to move that it's Justin. more of a stealing. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'm ready. Depending on the Maryland spring game, I think I might move him in front of Romo Brown. Mm-hmm. And I want to see what's going on because Jabari Small has wasn't practicing the last time that I saw it too. So that there there might be some kind of opening there that we got to keep it yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. I think I wrote, I'm not sure, an article. It might have been on the, on the Debbie the Debbie guide. Anyway, I wrote that Tennessee is really great at developing talent that transfers out. <laughs> <laughs> Don't they know like across the board, like, they, like their linebacker went to Alabama, Eric Gray went to Oklahoma. And then that Devontae was before went, though. They, they changed regime since then. I know, but I just think it's hilarious. It, like, yeah. it's just, it just consistently seems like their guys do well and they're like, deuces, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. All right. Let me see. We got one more left. We got Cardwell left. Um, so you had him at 18 and I had him at 33. I think I since moved him up to 32. How about that? Oh, one spot. <laughs> That's nice. I, I really like Jordan James, uh, coming in and okay. I do believe Oregon is a team that develops NFL talent. Now they vary in their draft capital, but they're pretty consistent in making it to the NFL. And so, and <sighs> They brought in Noah Whittington. I'm not really worried about Noah Whittington. <laughs> then they bring in. Then they bring in like a. Don't they have like a lot of guys that are like interesting, but like they not. have Sean Dollar. Sean Dollar, who I loved after his freshman year. I don't know if it was the bowl game or the Pac-12 championship game that year, where he went off. I think against USC, if I remember correctly, he looked really good in that game. And, and it sounds like he's had a decent spring too. Uh, dollars. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. So I I like Cardwell. I just. Before I put them up, like I think I feel like I need to see it on the field. You know, like these freshmen get like a clean slate. There's no, there's no negative against them for Carwell. It's just like I just haven't seen him do anything yet, and that's kind of why he's at 32. But I, yeah, I, I'm not like down on him. Like I'm definitely like he's in my radar. Like I'm definitely gonna be watching out for his production this year. Yeah, um, I mean for me, it's just like starting off with you already have NFL size coming in six foot two ten. Uh, I think he has good freshman production because like, I kind of look at it with context. Like he, I don't think he even got like, like three or he got like six carries within like the first six weeks. Like he didn't touch the ball like at all. And then CJ Verdell went down and he started touching the ball a bit more. Um, how many carry 52 more carries over the back half of the season operating as number two guy Averaged 7.2 yards per carry over those and very explosive to uh, like 50% of his yards around breakaway runs. He actually led the entire backfield over Travis die over Verdell. Um, for 15 or more yards, uh, 50 more yard runs, 13% of them went for 50 more yards. Um, now he kind of gets his chance, right? Die's gone to USC. Verdell is um, gone to the NFL. I don't even know when, he, when he's going to get drafted. He's like getting no buzz at all, I guess, but he had a pretty bad end to his my, career. Anyway. My issue with, with Carwell is that <clears throat> the way you talked about Dwayne McBride, that's how I feel about Carwell, that I just feel like he disappeared against upper competition. And Dwayne McBride doesn't have a lot of opportunities to prove it. But like, 
I mean, you know, two two yards a carry. Well, no, they only got one carry. But like Oklahoma, two point eight yards per carry against Oklahoma. I remember that during the bowl game. I didn't really feel like he stepped up. I mean, he definitely had like three games, I think, here that he like killed it, or two games. Yeah, but there was like there was like a three three game stretch there where he was like freaking uh, freshman of the week or whatever, Pac twelve freshman of the week, and like yeah, he. He, I don't know, and and like the the buzz out of spring is is sounding good too. Like freaking, they uh, yeah. he didn't play in the spring game, but I did post just an article because I finally found out what was going on or whatever. But they just kept him out of uh, precaution, which is to me a good sign because okay. they're trying to protect the guy. Right. And Dillingham was going off about him, calling him that he's had a phenomenal spring, uh, had 170 yards in a scrimmage recently, and that he's so excited to watch this kid, and that he's they're pretty much talking about him like he's the starter so like i guess i'm just excited to see what he can do in that role he's got a lot of tools already that the nfl likes uh, he's explosive got the size uh big play threat so i want to see what he can do in this lead role i think he's got the chance to take it he just what is he going to do with it so this is kind of like a trying to get ahead of the train i guess ranking him that high i'm because i'm i'm hoping yeah. that he kind of kind of hits it right so are you going to use that my guy stamp on the Debbie guy on him? Debbie Maybe, him? yeah. I don't know. Uh, we only get one per, per position now, I think. So I gotta, I gotta pick my guy. Yeah, I'm thinking about it, man. I was like, maybe Kaden Prather. I, I wrote be deeper, about, I guess, right? Because like, I, I guess you can't go somebody near the top because that's yeah. yeah I, I might slap like on Jermaine Burton, you know? Shouldn't that's that's a yeah. that's a meme. Style. That's a meme. <laughs> yeah, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah. No, like I really like Sanders, like uh, Rocket Sanders. Like I've been a, his fan for like yeah. ever or whatever. But I, I think him. he's probably valued too highly now to make him a my guy because he's like oh. valued at his ceiling right now. I don't think I can my guy him because my guy's like a guy who's gonna climb, right? I guess so. Might what be hard. We'll see. Where do you where do you have Sanders right now in your rankings? Sanders high, probably higher than all of you to be honest. Where do I have him? Let's see. I have Sanders at oh, I maybe I lowered him a little bit. Actually, I might want him more than Donovan Edwards, but but he's at twelve right now. Oh, same. I got him at twelve as well. Okay, I might move him ahead of. I, I probably will move him ahead of Donovan. For some reason, I have Branson in front of him. I'm probably going to drop Branson. I don't know why. I got Branson at eleven as well. By yeah, way. see, so That's we're around okay. the same area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do got Sean Tucker and Tank in front. I don't know why. I've been like been a little woozy on on Tank and Tucker, and and Tank's hard to be in on because he's he's. Destined to have a bad year again thanks to Auburn's system and coaching. Yeah. And so I don't even know why I have him so high. Why do I have him at five? I can't be right. No <laughs> way he should be that high. Every time you look at rankings, we're like, I gotta fix this now. Yeah, I gotta fix this. There's always something to fix. But yeah, yeah there's no yeah. way. I just dropped him to nine. He's gonna sit at nine right now. In front of the right in front of the freshman until we see what happens with him. I think I'm the highest on Taj Brooks. Just where you got Taj Brooks at? Because I got oh, him at I 20. Him pretty low. I actually wrote his profile. I can't remember. Oh, okay. I was trying a couple games. I can't remember exactly what I found of him. Um, obviously, not a speed guy. Uh, nimble on his feet for like a bigger guy or something like that. But like I, short area burst type dude. Yeah, like short area burst here guy. But I don't think that I was like super wowed by him. But I'd have to go see what I wrote anyways because I never really studied him until that point. But gotcha. Um, yeah, I got him twenty. He's definitely like my like mid round C to C draft like like darling. I gotta get him. You know. Well, C2C, yeah, he'll be, he might be fun in the offense. Well, we'll see. Hopefully these quarterbacks look a little better than they looked or whatever, and this offense can actually move. But Yeah. Uh, awesome. While we have you here, I don't know what to do with uh, a Bonaconda. I'm not sure I'm saying mm-hmm. that right. I don't know what to do with him in my rankings. Like, where, where, where do you have him? Like, where do you think about him? He's dropped a little bit for me. Like, I, I really like him. I think the coaching staff has kind of – been way too committed to a committee while he's been there. And now it's a second offensive coordinator. So I'm, I'm interested to see what they do. Like last year, 
it was just painfully obvious he was the best back. Like there was a game in that Wake Forest game in the ACC championship game was like the microcosm of it. There was a drive where basically Izzy took him the whole way down the field in like four touches. They got to like the four yard line and they pulled him and they put in another back who tried to punch it in twice, got stuffed both times. And then they put Izzy back in and he put it right in. Like <laughs> that was just like the story of him at Pitt. He's over 210 now. Like I think he okay. was a good athlete. Like he had very good verified athletic testing numbers. I'm worried again this year. I thought new offense coordinator, the guy from Boston college, he would do a bell cow thing, but they had, uh, I forget what this kid's name is. Another running back one, like most improved player this spring. Oh. And okay. then they still have Hammonds there as well, who was kind of like a, a rotational guy last year. So I don't know what they're going to do, but like, I, I, I'm, so perplexed like it's just so painfully obvious when you watch Pitt that he's their best back like it okay. just it, so I've dropped him a little bit just because I like if he doesn't do anything in college like I don't know how I can project this kid but I just think if he'd been given a real opportunity by now he would have had like I I think he's capable in college of like a 14 to 1500 all-purpose all yard type okay season yeah like, really really I think he's a good pass catcher I think he's a really good athlete I, I don't know what they're doing there he's he's the guy I stare at in my rankings and in the, in the running back rankings that I stare at, and I'm like, why do I have him here? I think I've and dropped him into, like, my 40s now. Okay, see, I have him at 18, and I just don't know why. And I, 35. And I'm, like, I'm always staring at him. I'm like, I got to drop this guy. Like, I, I got to. So here's the, here's the bunch that I have him in right now. Okay. I have Jordan James, okay. AJ Green at Arkansas, Justin Williams, Izzy, Javante Barnes. as like, <laughs> the, like a group of five there, and I think they're all – pretty comparable value wise. Dwayne McBride's the guy right after them. We were just talking about him. So Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But that's an interesting group. A lot of upside. Don't know what to do like really with any of them. So Okay. So last question before we wrap it up here for both of you. What's what is one player that you've raised up your ranks the most during the spring games here? Hmm. I can go ahead and start what you guys think about yeah, it. Yeah, go ahead. I I tweeted at Austin about this too. I think I think Austin was a was a year too early on uh, Dwayne Lofton of Virginia Tech. I I like Grant Wells enough. I mean Grant Wells he threw for three thousand five hundred yards last year at at Marshall, and I if you watch him in the spring game, he doesn't look like a three thousand five hundred yard type passer, but um, that's good for like top twenty for passing yards. And I don't really see anyone on Virginia Tech's roster that really wows me, except for Lofton. And Lofton won the spring camp MVP, offensive MVP award for the team. And I know he dealt with injuries last year. So, And they just lost uh, Tavian Robinson to uh, Kentucky. And then they lost Trey Turner to the draft. And so I think it's a wide-open field. They have a proven passer. Um, I think Lofton's going to step into that role and have like a really nice season. So Lofton's gone from like probably like in my eighties or nineties to like around like the fifties for me. Like I'm you know on the fringe there. And Isaiah Neor, he's also raised up for me too, but not not that much. Not as much as that. Um my cop out answer probably is going to be um because he jumped a good cup like good I don't know. 15 or, or something spots, but that's Christian Leary from Alabama. Cause he had, he, he looked pretty good in the spring game. 
And I also think that Earl struggled a little bit. So maybe if Earl continues to struggle or something like that, we might see a little bit more Leary, but we'll see. I don't know. I really like Earl too. So if he can put it together with the athleticism, then he'll probably never come off the field. But I mean, if he continues to drop balls that are thrown to him wide open, then we'll see, might see Leary a little more than we all think uh, handling that slot role. So maybe I want, I mean, I moved him up. He's in my early thirties now, whereas before he was pretty low. Cause he seemed like he was going to be like the forgotten guy at Alabama. And maybe I have to transfer somewhere to like get, or that value bump back and to see where he ended up. But uh, yeah, I don't know. He looked maybe like the best wide receiver in the game. So we'll see what happens. Okay. Um, I'll go with, I, I think the guy that rose the most for me in, in pure Debbie rankings is Dante Thornton from yeah. Oregon. Um, I'm very much known as a person that really hates tall wide receivers generally coming out of high school. I think a lot of them, they really lack movement skills. They're basically just mossing everybody, and which is really cool when it's this kid who is going to be a plumber in five years. It's a lot more difficult when you're facing, you know, legitimate Division One talent. Um, so I was pretty off of him coming. I think he was like my wide receiver twenty or something in last year's class. Um, I was not impressed that much with him last year. And then going into the offseason with Bo Nix there, defensive head coach, um, an offense coordinator with, I guess, you know, an uninspiring background, we could call him. So I was pretty far out on him. And I had dropped Franklin a few spots as well. But Thornton, I mean, had the big day. He looked pretty smooth. Can he occupy the Devin Williams role there? It's a new offense coordinator, so like it's a stretch to say that. But like I, I think he could legitimately be the second or third option on that team. I think the first option is going to be Seven McGee. I have no idea what to do with Seven McGee right now because he's tiny, tiny, tiny. But um, but Thornton's yeah. a guy that I think he went from like basically not ranked for me to wide receiver fifty-five, and I could see him sliding a little higher depending on just me thinking more about these things over the next few months okay yeah i have him at 47 now so i think i gave him like a little bit of a bump too but like yeah he had the big bowl game last year as well and starting this spring good so i mean i don't even think troy franklin's ever had that big of a game and he's had like two of them now so i don't know we'll see we'll see he might be the more uh the guy to handle that role i have not gotten around to oregon spring game yet so i will be excited to watch that did Mississippi have their spring game yet? Mississippi State? Yeah. I'm not sure. That's a good question. I don't think I'm they did. I'm pretty sure they did. I just want to know who Will Rogers is throwing it to. He's going to go for 4,000 yards, and I want to know who's going to catch at least 800 of them. Mm-hmm. It's so. impossible to predict. It is. Maybe we'll return to Wally now. I've heard good things about um, was it Austin Jackson. Okay. And somebody else has been getting the buzz there at wide receiver. And then Ra Ra Thomas as well. Who's just a fun guy to root for because his name's Ra Ra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of makes me think of the end of um, um, a Christmas story. When they go to the, like the dogs eat their, their goose or whatever. And they go out to the Chinese place and they're trying to sing the Christmas carols to him. Ra Ra Thomas just always makes me think of that when they're at the thing. <laughs> and you could not make that scene today. But this that that classic scene just cracks me up every time. <laughs> All right, and then um we have the NFL draft coming up. Campus Cam is doing a live coverage of that on day two, day three. Is that Austin? Austin is that open to the public or just to the Discord? 
Um, I'm not sure. I'm going to be honest. I have zero interest in the draft this year. So <laughs> I'm like, my, my fingerprints are not on this thing at all. I'm doing nothing tomorrow night or Friday night. Um, so I have no idea. Okay, well, if you guys want to join me and Matt on Friday, we'll get a little bit early in and talk about the first-round draft picks, and you get to see our reactions as I see the Patriots draft a a cornerback in the second that's going to bust consistently. And I just – every single year, man, they duked off. Dewan Williams. Yeah. Vikings too, man. All All our cornerbacks go somewhere else and then do okay, but they suck for us, and we always take them in the first and second round. Yeah, yeah. But I live, I live for the day three for the Patriots. That's where we make our hay. (laughs) that's it but anyway yeah join us join us then guys thanks for listening